Core Church, y'all are looking good. Oh, what a good day. Hey, today is a core staff meeting. Someone looked, someone next to you and say, it's a staff meeting today. It's a staff meeting today. Look to someone next to you. It's a staff meeting today. Yvette, it's a staff meeting today. Harley, it's a staff meeting today. It's a staff meeting today. I am excited because we're going to talk about what happens here in church. We're going to be talking about what happens here in church. And so uh, if, you've, if you haven't been with us for the past few weeks, we've been over the past five weeks talking about 168 hours. You and I, we have 168 hours in our week. And I don't want to just live faith for one of them at church and come and have this overwhelming feeling and, and experience, but I want to carry my faith through every hour of my life. Anyone with me? Yeah. And so we've been talking about the fact that faith is more than just a Sunday, although we're going to be talking about Sunday today, but faith is more than a Sunday. We talked about how to carry faith into our workplace, how to carry faith within our family, how to carry faith when we're with our friends and with our community. And last, last week, we had, a, we had an interesting one about carrying faith into our private dark room where we don't let anyone in. And uh, this week, this week, like I said, it is a staff meeting. I want to talk about what happens here. How, how core church, honestly, I think how Christ could design our church, Christ can lead our church to build a healthy, vibrant, flourishing, life-giving community. Y'all want to be a part of that? And that takes all of us. The health of this church, what happens here on a Sunday, isn't just hinged on the guy with the microphone. It doesn't happen just because one guy prepped a message. It doesn't happen because worship's really cool. It actually takes all of us together to create a community that reflects Jesus. And so I want to share this with you. We've been sharing these core verses, and, and I want to talk to specifically us as we enter into church. Paul says it like this in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. We got notes on the front of chairs. If you need to take some notes, I would encourage you. That way you don't forget what happened, like, I don't know, after lunch today. Okay, so take some notes. Write some stuff down. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. This has been our central verse for the entire series. Paul says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race, and I've kept the faith. At the end of his course, after all of his ministry life, after all he's gone through, he says this beautiful thing, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Anyone want that at the end of their course? Does anyone want to say that as well? I want that for me. When I'm 85 and I'm looking at my son and my, my grandchildren, I want to be able to say, and my daughter, sometimes I forget about Kiki. She's new. She's new, okay, okay? She's seven months. It's, yes, okay? And, uh, and, 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 and my son and my daughter and my grandchildren, I want to, I want to say these words to them. I fought the good fight. I've run the course. I've, I've done it, and I've, I've kept my faith. Look how it puts it in the Passion Translation. I've fought an excellent fight. I've finished my full course, and I have kept my heart full of faith. If that's what you want, if that's the mark of your life, if that's the mark of my life that I want, it can't just be on a Sunday. My faith life cannot just exist for one hour. 168 hours I want to live this out. 168 hours I want to live this out. And here's the truth, and we've said this every week. He says, I've kept, I've kept my heart full of faith. I have kept my faith. Not a pastor, not my parents, not a church group. No, my faith is my personal responsibility, and I am running this race. I can give you inspiration. I can teach you God's word, but it's up to you to internalize it, to live it out, and to go after it. 
I can't run it for you. And so I want to see a church that would say, I've kept my faith. Not a pastor. Yes, the pastor is teaching. My parents have been guiding me and, and giving me wisdom throughout my whole. The church group really inspires me, and I feel like I'm uplifted. But I have kept my faith. I have kept my faith. So that's what I want for all of us, especially as we walk into this building, which has four walls and a roof. Paul also says this, do you know, do you know that in the race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. The truth is, if you're talking about running that you may win the race, that is a vigorous run. That is a, that is a, a committed marathon. 168 hours, our race with him never stops. I don't want to get to work and just check out. Oh, I have this Jesus thing on Sunday. Work hits. Crazy boss. Check out. I don't want to get to home after we do this amazing service and we turn the Steelers on and we forget about everything that we just talked about and we check out. I don't want to forget. I want to run every minute I can. I'm not perfect at it, church. But can we get there? And so today I'm talking about the church. Today I want to talk about what happens in this hour. We're having a staff meeting. Can I paint the most beautiful picture for you of church ever? This is probably my favorite scripture. Um, one of them. I'm a pastor. I have like 28 favorite scriptures, okay? Um, but we're going to be turning to Acts chapter 2. The end of Acts chapter 2. Acts is the story of the believers after Jesus. After Jesus died and rose again, we can see what they lived like, what they existed like, how they followed Jesus, how they conducted themselves as believers. And so this is in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. If you got your phones, if you got your Bibles, I would encourage you, get your Bibles out. And we're going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Listen, it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. I just, again, think about Think about church, and what if church looked like this, okay? Filled with awe at the many signs and wonders that were done. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Oh, you want to talk about everyday meeting together? <laughs> Ooh, sometimes Tuesdays are pretty tired. Anyways, <laughs> get to circles. Okay, um, they broke bread in their homes they, uh, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, praising God. I love that everyone was shouting when someone said, I'm one year clean. Wow, that's amazing. We should be praising God in church and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. If I had to sum up the vision for core church, it would be this passage right here. If, if, if I had to, again, staff meeting, if we could all carry this together, if we could all share a vision together, it would be Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. That's all I want for our church. No tricks, no formulas, no, no gimmicks. Just live this scripture out. And we're going to learn some things, and we're going to dive into the word, and we're going to progress and grow further. But if this happens, we'll be the most beautiful church ever will be the most beautiful church ever. When the believers, and, and here's the bottom line for today, when the believers gather together, yeah. Christ is revealed in a beautiful community. When we gather together, and, and I'm going to tell you, we're not going to stop gathering. The scriptures say, don't, don't forget to gather as some are in the habit of doing. 
We're going to gather. We're going to get together. This is important to be together always. Christ is revealed in this beautiful community. And I believe that today as we worship together and as we, as we listen to God's word and, and as we pray together and as we sing, I, I think that God is going to be revealed. Amen, church? And so I want that every week that we step in, every week that we step into this place, I want it to look like this Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So uh, we've, we've now been core church. It's been an awesome journey. We've been core church for a year and a month now oh my goodness yes um what a wild wild journey and and it's been it's been amazing to do this with you guys i emmy says this all the time you really are family it's it's a joy to do this with you and uh wow what a what a beautiful community it it, it is to be with one another every week i um but before this before this um emmy and i transitioned out of being a youth pastor and you know, we felt called to move forward and, 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 and take a different journey and, and, and go uh, where God was telling us to go. And we were discovering what that looked like. And, and in the interim, in the moments where, you know, core, it was on our hearts, but we weren't sure yet. And it's really scary. Like, hey, babe, let's, let's start a church. And you're like, okay. And so uh, it was really scary. Uh, and we went around and, and visited so many churches. We just wanted to be, a, we understand that being a part of the community is so important. And so we had the, the privilege over the time, the interim time that we were um, transitioning from, from youth pastors to pastors at Core Church, we had the ability to stop at different churches. And I got to tell you, Emmy and I's heart, we love the local church. We love the church. There are so many amazing, amazing churches out there. We stopped at so many beautiful places, a lot of amazing pastors and families and a lot of great uh, communities that are powerful, that are heartfelt, that are chasing after Jesus with everything they've got. It was beautiful to stop at so many different churches because truth be told, before, before we made this decision, I had really only been to about two, maybe three churches and so my, my experience with the church wasn't so vast. And in the transition, it was beautiful seeing different places. And so I want to say this. In the midst of our journey, I found this. There are churches that are flourishing, and there are churches that are fading. i got to be honest with you. I was, uh, I was meeting with this pastor network, and uh, a, a couple local pastors from around the east side of Pittsburgh, we all... Um, we all got together, and there's about 20 or so pastors, and there's this shocking statistic happening right now. In the midst of COVID, just within these seven, eight months, two out of five churches have closed. That burdens my heart that God's house is shutting down. Anyone with me on that? here at core we're not just about core we're about the church so that burdens me that really burdens me and uh there's churches that are fading and and there's some unhealthy habits and it's really it's really hard to kind of diagnose the problem but especially when a season like covid hit it took out some churches and that bothers me and so i wanted to talk today about how we can be a part, how we can be a healthy part of a healthy church. That's what I want to talk about today. How we can be a healthy contributor, a healthy attender, a healthy believer in a healthy church. 
And so here's what I've found, and, and again, in observing, you know, a, a dozen or so churches, here's what I've found. The success of church is found in the health of people. A hundred percent. And this is why I'm talking about the 168, and this is why I think it's so important to talk about, I have kept my faith. I'll tell you this. The health of the pastor is definitely important to the church, one million percent. But when the community is healthy, that, when you run into a church like that, it is an unstoppable tidal wave of Jesus' love. Like, I know that that's like, like a, an analogy, but like, it is unstoppable when not just the pastor is healthy, but when the community is operating in health. So I've found that the church flourishes not because they have an awesome formula. Let me tell you the formula. You might have seen it. Worship pastor with skinny jeans. Dope pre-video that goes for five minutes. Okay, yeah, dope pre-service thing. The worship leader gets up, says a cool thing. Although, Jared, we love you, bro. Uh, skinny jeans, doing his thing. Then a pastor comes up. I mean, hey, we got the prayer cards too. And I got to tell you, the, the formula is beautiful because, man, I, I believe that some of the things, well, I believe that all the things that we do as a church are biblically based. So we get these cards and we're praying and we're believing in faith and beautiful things are happening. And then a pastor gets up and he's got his slicked hair. I look like the most typical pastor today. Slicked hair back, skinny jeans. That's what it is. Okay, the formula. And then you go and you close the service. Awesome song. We love you, church. Be blessed. Yeah. Is that not the formula? I visited nine, ten churches that look just like that. What is different here? community yeah. connection yeah. yeah it's not a formula that's the success of the church yeah. the really interesting thing if you study church history there was a contemporary movement in the 2000s churches didn't operate like this and then all of a sudden they started putting cafes with coffee it's dope that you have coffee i love that you have coffee this morning they put cafes with coffee they have an extravagant kids ministry with lights and it's awesome and and again they have the pastor with the slick back hair now whoo that's standard. Every shop has it. Every shop has it. So how can you and I, in this one hour together, find it different? The success of the church is not a formula. It's not a number count. Let me tell you a huge, huge thing shift that I believe the Western church needs to make. We got to stop focusing on thousands and thousands. And oh my gosh, we need numbers. And oh, I'm feeling down if there's only 60 and not 80. No, no, no. Our measurables here at Core Church is the heart growth of you and me. It is. And, and here's, here's the truth. And it's like a plant. Healthy things grow. When a plant is alive, it grows, blooms. It produces fruit. We will naturally grow as we prioritize the heart growth of our people. Amen? Yes. Money amount. I was a youth pastor for five years with a, with a budget of 300 bucks, and we saw God move in crazy ways. We don't need, like, dope amounts of money. All we need is, like, praise and the word of God. It's beautiful. We get to have this, uh, uh, like, Lisa, kudos to you and, and, and Rich. It's been beautifully designed. Like, this is If you are with us in the community center, this is like <laughs> heaven, okay? You're on comfortable chairs right now, not those folders, okay? So this is beautiful. But money, bro, uh, money doesn't really matter. Again, we can have 
God moved 300 bucks a month budget. We saw kids being saved. We had one service where there was 23, I think it was 23 or 24 kids baptized in one service. What? It's not a money amount. So it's not a formula. It's not a number count. It's not a money amount. It's the health of you and the health of me. That's why I want to talk about this one hour that we have together. Staff. Y'all ready? Talk about some things. I got some serious questions for you, but we're going to start with this. What does it look like to be healthy in a healthy church? Today is going to be an inward look at our perspective when we walk into the four walls and the roof. What does it look like? What's your heart like? How are you walking this out? And if you want to have this be a healthy, flourishing experience for you, I got six questions for you today to ask yourself. And I pray that we would bring them to God and that he would start adjusting our heart. I don't want to give you Nick Miller thoughts. I want to give you word. Because Nick Miller has some, just be really pumped. That's, that's cool, but that's not powerful. Let's, let's look at this and see what we get from this. So if we want to flourish, if we want to flourish in this hour together, we can learn from and see how the early believers collectively follow Jesus? What was it like when they got together? What was their mentality? How did they behave? How did they follow? How did they serve together? How did they give? What was their heart like? What did it look like when they followed Jesus together? And I want to take a look. And again, this Acts chapter two, this is the whole focal point of this service today. We're going to have a nice staff meeting and I got some serious questions for you. And uh, do you mind if I I don't want to say come at you a little bit, but can I, can I be like really honest with you today? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Great, 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 great. So question number one, if you got your phones, notes, whatever. Question number one, do I do the word that is being spoken? Do I do the word that is being spoken? Western church for the longest time, has been a cool meetup spot, and then you go home and forget about what you just talked about. It's been a wonderful journey of like, oh, we're here, we're a part of this, sweet, dope, brand, yay. And then we go home, and it doesn't matter. The preacher or the pastor gives a beautiful sermon on forgiveness and, and not letting offense creep in, and it just doesn't sit, and we don't do anything about it. And I'm not trying to talk about, like, listen to my words. I don't, I'm not trying to be tyrannical. I'm not trying to be twisting your arms. I'm just saying, if you want your one hour to be everything that God can make it be, when this is being presented, are you doing it? Yeah. Do I do the word that's being spoken? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They did it. When they talked about love for your enemies, do you think they just sat there on their hands and were like, mm, that's a cool idea? The church, the early church, did what was being spoken. They lived it out. When they talked about being generous and sacrificial, you saw in the later verses, they sold everything that they had. Again, I'm not trying to twist your arm, but what I will say is if you're coming to just kind of hear and check out and let it kind of go like meh, and then you get to the end and it, nothing clicks, can you reorient your heart so that you hear? And then on Monday, do. We've had so many conversations with people that, and, and I don't know if, if you were here for the first week of the year, we did a series called A New Day, and it was all about forgiveness. 
And I cannot tell you the amount of stories where people found restoration because they literally heard the word and applied it the next day. And God started moving in there. Whoa, this forgiveness thing, it's really real. I need to do this. And they started living it out. And then all of a sudden, this one hour together becomes very, very vibrant, very real. And I got to tell you, we, we have a heavenly shepherd. His name is Jesus. And he appoints authorities all across the land. And Jesus has appointed, the Holy Spirit has appointed Emmy and I, and this is a very uncomfortable thing, but I'm, tr- I'm trying to own it, being a pastor and, and walking in the authority that God has given me. He has appointed Emmy and I to be the authorities over this church. And I do not take that responsibility lightly. When I present the word of God, you don't understand. I'm studying hours and hours and hours a week to make sure I'm accurate with this. When I'm considering a series, I am praying fervently. I'm fasting. I'm trying to prepare what God wants to speak to you. And and, and not just a cool Nick Miller thought. I want it to be him leading us. And he has appointed me to do so. And so when we go over this series on forgiveness, or we go over this series about the secret hidden stuff, don't just sit, but participate and do. Look at this. It says this in the book of James. Do not merely listen to the word as, and so deceive yourself. You can sit here 52 weeks in a row, listen, and still deceive yourself. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Anyone who listens to the word, it says, do what it says. Do what the word says. I, I, I'm, I'm not, um, I, I would say that our, our church is, uh, I'm, I'm in, here, I'll say this. I'm intentionally giving you a lot of Bible every week so that you can do what the word says. Not what Nick Miller says. Not a cool inspirational, motivational idea. So that you can do what it says. So church staff, staff members, Let's do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, keeps going, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, into the word that gives freedom and continues in it and does it and lives it out and applies it to their life, no matter how difficult it may be, not forgetting what they've heard. That's why we wrote notes for y'all. But doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. You want your hour to be blessed? Y'all ready to do it now? We got to do the word. Amen, church? Staff, we're going to be doers of the word. We do. And again, the question was, do you do what is spoken in church? Do you do it? Do you do it? And, And honestly, what Emmy and I, when people are growing the most, they mostly come back and say, we did what you spoke about on Sunday, and it changed our life. Do the word. Do the word. Second thing, and a lot of people walk into church like this, and they might not understand all of this, but do I, question for myself, do I believe that impossible things can happen? Do you believe that impossible things can happen? I got to be honest with you. Sometimes Nick Miller walks in, and there's an insurmountable situation I'm like, oh, that's that that might be a little bit too big. Can I be honest with you? I I, I feel that way sometimes too. Yeah. But there is evidence of impossible things happening in the church. And so staff, church staff, 
We're going to come in each and every week and we're going to believe that impossible things can happen. We cannot neglect that the, the fact of the word is, is that Jesus does miracles, signs, and wonders. Literally, impossible things can happen in our midst. Supernatural provision can happen. Supernatural healing, words of revelation, prophetic words. These impossible things can happen. And so sometimes it might be creepy. Sometimes it might be weird. And we're like, oh, I don't know how this feels. I don't know how this feels. But we have to come to a conclusion together as a staff that impossible things can happen and my responsibility and I've, I, I was just talking with someone the other night I've been, I've been studying through this book um, it, it's called The Holy Spirit and Introduction by John Brevere and we're going to have it in the cafe for sale soon I want to study what the Holy Spirit can do so that way when God starts moving here that I can teach you well, he's already moving here, so let me just give you some clarity so that I can teach you how, how and what is happening. I don't want to do something based off of feeling and miss what the word is saying, okay? And so I want to study the Holy Spirit. I want to jump into this because there is evidence. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. There's going to be impossible things in here, church. Y'all want that? Because there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of churches that um, kind of sit back and, and, and anything that's like impossible is a little bit weird. And let me tell you something, the early church was weird. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, at the day of Pentecost, all these random believers just start speaking in different tongues. And it was so weird that they went out on the street and all the thousands of people around them were like, bro, are you drunk? It's weird. What are y'all doing? And Peter gets up and says, no, no, no. This is the Holy Spirit. And he starts teaching what is happening in their midst. God is going to do impossible things in this place, church. Get ready. And not only that, but bring faith for the impossible things. You know when we lift up these prayer cards and I ask you to raise your hand? Some of us are really uncomfortable with raising our hand. I get it. I get it. We can have just as much faith in, in our heart. We don't need to raise our hand. I get it. But are we bringing faith? And when we read these cards, are you believing that the Holy Spirit is going to flood that room where that grandfather is at his last days? Do you really believe that that can happen? This person who's concerned with their business and, and, and everything going on, and it's hard to start a business in a time like this. Are you believing in faith with them that impossible things can happen? That's what we got to do, church. We're not just going to hear these cards and say, well, they'll figure it out. No, no, no. Yeah, we're believing in faith. You brought this up. We're going to stand with you, and we're going to pray with you. We're going to believe that God's going to move in a powerful way. Amen, church? So y'all staff members, we're going to believe that impossible things can happen. Look at this story. Look at this story uh, in the book of Acts. It says, at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks started to believe. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they didn't like that, that Jesus, the Messiah, the, the Son of God who came to be, uh, to be the atonement for our sins. They didn't like that message, okay? And so they were trying to stir up dissension, poison their minds against their brothers. And so Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who what? Confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Tell you what, when the church meets and the gospel's being spoken, be ready for the impossible. Amen, church. Staff, impossible things are going to happen here. 
I'm excited for the healed marriages. I'm excited for the businesses that are going to start with no provision to start with. I'm excited for the stories. I'm excited for those who are walking in just last night shooting up their arm and then today finding freedom. I am excited for those stories. Let's see impossible things happen. That's what Jesus does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So, that question, <laughs> do I believe that impossible things can happen? Third question, do I invest in others? Let me talk to us. We have plans right after this. It's lunchtime. I really want car hops. It's right there. Oh, it would be really awesome to get some food with one another. Steal a game. Come on, Nick. Hurry up. Steal a game. Steal a game, Nick. Come on. And some of us, when we're in community, we're here. I, and, and, and to be honest, from what Em and I are prayerfully considering, this, we do this really well. So I'm not, I'm not trying to beat us up. But like, consider the fact that we have a beautiful opportunity to spend time with one another here. Don't race out after service. Your relationships that you could build with people could be the most extravagant thing to happen in your life. And we book it out the door and totally miss out. When we can go and meet amazing, incredible brothers and sisters in Christ, we book it because the Steeler game's more important and I'm super hungry. If you're hungry, please let me know. I'll get you a banana. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'll, I'll, I'll get you some food. If that, like, spend some time. Let's talk. Let's invest in one another. I think the most fruitful time, and, and Judd and I have been talking about this, and Em and I have talked about this, the most important thing in our church right now is not that worship is really dope and not that this message is, is happening. We believe that the most important thing that's happening is before and after church when people are talking and hanging out. That's the most important thing that happens at church. Seriously, I, I got to tell you, that's what we measure. When we see the room congregate, I, I know we don't necessarily have a foyer, but when people are hanging out and chatting, that is the community happening. It's beautiful. And so many churches in Western culture just book it and go to the Steeler game. Not that the Steelers are bad. I'm just saying. I have one hour to connect with Brian Wenger. This is beautiful. I get to connect with you, sir. Paige, I get to talk with you. This is awesome. Why would I pass that up? So many beautiful and amazing people. Why would I miss out? I'm hungry. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They were together, and they had a common vision. They valued each other's time. If you want the best out of your hour here on Sunday, let's start meeting some new people. Here's what I'm, I'm really praying against, because I'll tell you what, church, we're healthy, and I, I believe we're, well, we're already growing, but I believe we're going to continue to grow. And the danger is that we'll form cliques. There'll be nice, like, little sections of people. Oh, they offended me, so here's my group here, and it's really cool. And, oh, you know, they're, like, they dress this way, and so there's this little clique. Oh, they're younger. Oh, young people. Or, oh, young people will rudely say, oh, they're old. <laughs> young people, you can learn so much from those who have wisdom. And, 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 and those, those who have experience, please share with us. We're hungry. We're hungry. No, no borders here. No, no clicks here. Let's invest in one another. Yeah. And, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, those who are older than me, and, and I have a pastor who's older than me, 27-year-old Nick Miller can't figure this out. I need wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I need wisdom. Good. So let's invest in one another. Yeah. Let's invest in one another. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deed. 
Let us consider how we may spur one another. Man, you can't spur yourself on yourself. It just doesn't work. I know I said self too many times. It just doesn't work. Let's consider how we can do it for one another. Please don't leave right away. Come early. Hang out. Get to small groups. It's a Tuesday from 7 to 8.30. And I, know, I understand, like, we have work and situations and, and kiddos, and, and I get it. But you're missing out on some of the most beautiful connections that you can make in your entire life. These people in this story did this their whole entire life together. How we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. We cannot give up meeting. Please let's invest in one another. The point of church is to be together. Not the numbers. Not that the formula happens, not that we have an awesome online presence. No, no, no. The point of church is to be together and invest in one another. Amen, church. Staff, church, we're going to invest in one another. That's the priority here. That's the priority. Not super dope church, not cool formula. Invest in one another. Amen? Amen? Number four, do I participate in building the church? Wow. There has been... A lot of people who have entered church and sat on the sidelines for far too long. Far too long. In fact, the Western church for a very long time has been consumer-oriented. What does the church do for me? Well, the pastor's an 8 out of 10. Worship was a 7 out of 10, but I did like that guy's voice. Their kids, man, 4 out of 10. No, no, no. And they go through these things of what all fits me? What makes me happy? What appeals to me? If you want your hour to be incredible, and if you want the house to be healthy and you to be a healthy participant in the house, give of yourself. Don't just sit and consume. Give. Participate. M asked, if you want to volunteer, we have incredible kids, man. There's so many kids over there. It's beautiful. Go, go be a part of that. Worship team, we're growing it. It's amazing. Be a part of it. Tech team, we're going to get another computer and we're going to start filming some things. Like, let's do it. Like, let's be a part of what God wants to do. We want to start expanding our outreach. We want to do some amazing things, but let's all get in on board with it and let's participate. If you want church to flourish for you and for your hour, participate. Watch what happens. It's really cool to, to, to sit in, in, in the chair, and it's a wonderful time, but I will tell you that your heart will be filled and overflowing when you give of yourself. Amen. That's when we flourish. That's when our hour is, is, is just overwhelmingly incredible. Participate. Participate in what we're doing. Participate in building the church. And again, we're not building a cool four walls and a roof. Participate in, in changing the world with us. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Let me talk for a second. A huge part of participation in the church is giving. Anyone ever go out on a date? When you go out on a date, I don't want to say you show, you show love. Like, our first date was Napoli's pizza. It was amazing, amazing pizza. Great, great pizza. But I'll tell you what. I am invested in my relationship with Emmy invested and and one of the ways that I show that investment and that participation in her life is to go after her with what God has given me financially 
And so I get her this ring, and she wants she wants a two-carat ring now. She's like, man, you know, this is great. I want a two. That's what Emmy does, okay? <laughs> it's five-year, two-carat ring. Okay, babe. All right? <laughs> but... But I express, I, one way that I can express my love and adoration and my affection for my wife is to cherish her with what's, what finances I have and, and give of her life. Part of, part of how I, I love her is to provide for her and to make sure that she has food on the table and I give my life so that she can flourish. Yep, yep, yep. And if you want a flourishing church life, I don't want to say treat it like a date, but, but when, you start, when you start prioritizing it with, with the treasures in your heart, your church starts to take on a whole new level of meaning. Wow, good. And, and, and it's kind of like, let me, let me say it like this. When, when, you're, um, when, 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 we're, when we're not giving, sometimes the relationship with, with our church congregants and our friends and, and what we can, how we kind of participate in church can kind of feel like a halfway Facebook relationship that's like kind of in and kind of out. When you start, when you start investing everything you got into it, it changes. It just changes. And finally, you put the status on Facebook. We're dating. <laughs> that's, not, that's not necessarily it. But, but like you, get, you get what I'm saying. When you, invest, when you invest in the church, it starts to take on a whole new meaning. Yeah, and these people understood. They sold and gave everything that they had to anyone who had need. And then not only that, but First Peter says it like this. So enough about, enough about money, but, but then we go on to serving one another. And I'll tell you what. I find that I love Emmy the most when I serve Emmy. Not when I get what I want. No, it's actually when I use my gifts, my talents to serve Emmy. And I think that's the same way for church. When I use what I have been given by the grace of God to use it to serve you, to use it to serve friends, to use it to serve family, it takes on a whole new meaning what happens in church. So do you participate in building the church? When you invest, when you serve and you give everything you got, Church starts to take on a whole new meaning. And there's so many ways to serve. There's so many ways to get involved. There's so many gifts. I mean, you know, my, dad, my dad's a contractor, and, and he spends hours, and I'm so grateful for him. He spends hours building and, and, and giving everything he's got. And we do the second mile Sunday coming up, and someone just generously donated. And, and we need about $2,000 more to really cover what we want to do for these families in our community. And uh, if that's been pressed on, if, if that presses on your heart and you want to contribute to that, it would be awesome. But not only that, but there's people, I remember Judd last year just massaged someone. He's a massage therapist, and someone was hurting. It was just a beautiful use of a gift that went a long way and served someone. A beautiful expression of love. And it's not to brag on Judd, but we all have gifts that we can use to serve one another. So participate in building the church. If you want this to flourish, if you're great with kids, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. If you're amazing at leading worship, please jump up. If you can love people really well, let's figure out how that looks like with pastoral care. Let's do this. Let's participate in building the church. Let's participate in building the church. Fifth question. Do I enter church with passion, authenticity, and gratitude? I sometimes feel, and I'm not talking about you, I sometimes feel that I can be worn out from the week and I enter with grumbling, a wall, and, and pretty upset. But there's something about 
the early church that I see that they just enter in with passion. Were they perfect at it? No. They enter in with authenticity. They're real with one another. They're okay with sharing what's going on in their hearts. They're okay with opening up. And then obviously it ends up with thanksgiving, and they're just grateful to be with one another. Every day they continue to meet in the temple courts. First of all, we got to get better with the everyday thing. I'm telling you, we're meant to do this life constantly together. Yeah. And whatever time you can give, however we can get together, please, let's do it. Date night, if you're married, please don't miss that. Yeah. We're, not, we're not throwing out the date night idea just so, like, we can have a cool, fun little gathering. We believe that it's going to change marriages. Yeah. Please don't miss it. Please don't miss it. They continued to meet together uh, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad, gratitude, and sincere, authentic hearts, praising God. There's supposed to be worship happening here. Worship, excitement, expressing our love for God should be happening here. And I, I, we last, it was Friday night, we had our worship experience, and it was amazing. Four people got baptized, church. It was awesome. <laughs> And I, I, I spoke to our team about this and, and what worship is. Worship is love expressed. And worship is not worship until the love is expressed. So in your mind, you can think that you have a really good steak. You go to, you know, Butcher on the Rye. It's a nice date night. Cool, okay. You go get your filet mignon, okay. And uh, you have a nice time. And you sit there and you cut it. And it's just perfection. It's juicy. And then what do you say? Oh my gosh, this is so good. When something is so good, it is worshipped when it's expressed. It's worshipped when it's expressed. I know some of us believe that we're a one out of ten singer. First of all, you're not. Did you ever watch William Singe on American Idol, okay? <laughs> she bang, she bang. Okay, yes, he was terrible, okay? You're better than that at singing. Worship is love expressed. Please shout in this place. Please sing in this place. Please practice lifting up some praise in this place. Amen. Amen. Let's practice that. Worship is love expressed. And so much of the church, Western church, is just sitting there. And I'm not saying you have to lift your hand to express it. I'm saying, hey, if this is a good thing, shout out. Even when the war is waged, I'll take heart. I know you are greater. Forever you're my Savior. How are we not singing that with everything we've got? Sit there. What? We're talking about the Jesus who saved our life. We'll go to a Steeler game and watch a dude throw a football 50 yards. And we we walk back to the car with our voices lost. And we don't say one word in church. It's just Ben Roethlisberger. He's an incredible dude. He's wearing the number seven, number of heaven. But, but, but there's people who lose their voice at a football game. We have the Savior who is the solution for the whole world. And we're witnessing the, the lives being found. We're listening or, or, or we're observing the hearts being healed and we don't say a word. Worship is love expressed. Please don't be quiet here. 
staff. Don't be quiet here. Yeah? Great. We don't be quiet here. We praise. We express our love here. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. Here's what worship looks like. Since you have received an eternal kingdom, since Jesus has saved your life, since he's given you everything that you need, since he has made you right with God, you have received an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful. And sometimes, and Judd Judge talked about this this morning, sometimes you've got to just like praise through things. Sometimes we might be feeling like this, but sometimes we just got to be thankful. Like, we just got to walk in. I'm thankful to be in church. Yeah. Thankful to offer God the purest worship. <sighs> that delights his hearts as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender. I'm so challenged by this. When I am up here worshiping, am I laying down my life in absolute surrender? That's the standard. That's what worship is. So we're about to sing this song. And I want to see us not hold anything back. But to lay our lives down in surrender, filled with awe. And we're going to take communion too. So that we remember why we're in awe. Worship is love expressed. Worship is love expressed. Last thing I want to ask you. Do I share what's happening inside the church? We've been open for 56 weeks. Have you brought someone? There's a seat right next to you that has your friend's name written over it. Family's name written on it. 56 weeks we've been here. 56. The scriptures say, we can put this up, praising God and enjoying the um, and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. When we do church healthy and when we participate healthy, we're, we are passionate about seeing people come in and be saved. And if you've lost sight, and if I have lost sight, of extending out and bringing people in so that they may find Jesus, I want to encourage you today that that's the only thing that matters, first of all. Yeah, the investment's super real. I know I talked about that a little bit, but we want to see people saved. Do you keep it hidden? Have you sat with the same three people this entire time? And you run into 100 coworkers a week? Family, we, we know family's hurting. I'm talking to myself, church. And I, see, here's the thing. I use the excuse, I'm a pastor. I don't really work out in the field too much. And I don't, no, no, no. I can still go reach people, 100%, 100%. I'm not, I'm not preaching this at you. No, no, no. I'm going to join you in this endeavor. We're going to bring people to church. They need it. And there's an excitement about the house. Think about whenever you're hosting a party, there's an excitement. There's Christmas joy in the air. You're excited about bringing people in. When you're excited about bringing people in here, it starts to change the way that you view your church. 
It starts to change the way that we meet together, the way that we talk with one another. When we believe that Jesus is going to save the lost, it changes, it changes the way that we operate. Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. This is Jesus' commandment to you and to me. Go, put this out there, go, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 56 weeks. Hey, week number 57, can we bring someone? Can we bring someone next week? And let me have a moment. Church staff, I know that we've been in transition. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be shy about it. The majority of our church has come from other places. There's been needing a healing season, and there's been needing a season to find if this is where I'm called to be. And I totally have a ton of, I, I totally understand that process. Have a ton of grace for it. If this is home, let's do this. Let's, let's do this. If this is home, we're not playing games anymore. We're doing this. Six things. Danny, can you put them up there? Because my brain gets going and sometimes I forget what I'm saying. Six things. Six questions. Go, Danny. Come on. What does it look like to be a healthy church? Next. Do the word that is being spoken. Do the word that's being spoken, staff. Let's do it. Let's do the word that's being spoken. Next one. Do I believe that impossible things can happen? Do you believe that when you walk in the room, God's going to show up and blow our minds? Next one. Next one. Do I invest in others? Am I caring about my community? Am I getting to know people's names, people's stories? Am I willing to hear them out, even if it takes me until 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah. Keep going. Do I participate in building the church? Do I take what I have been given and give all of it back? Not to build a dope core church, but to build the kingdom of God. Next one, next one. Do I enter with passion, authenticity, and gratitude? Do I let my love for what Jesus has done and who he is be expressed in every way possible? I don't hold back. I come in with passion authenticity I'm broken we talked last week about the fact that when you realize how broken you are you will realize how good he really is and when we enter authentically we can realize hey I'm pretty messed up let's worship this God who's perfect and amazing and do I enter with thanksgiving I'm thankful to be here with you next one do I share what is happening do it with uh, or inside the church do I share with those who do not yet know this Jesus do I share with them what is happening your life is a testimony you have a story. Let's do these six things, staff. Is that cool? When believers gather together, Christ is revealed through a beautiful, beautiful community. Through a beautiful community. I want this hour to be the best hour ever. It takes all of us. Can we commit to those six things, church? Can we give it everything we've got so that when we gather, our 168, flourishing, work, home, family, friends, circle, when we're alone and at church, can we live and walk with faith all 168 hours? Amen, church. I love you guys. Hey, if we're going to clap, we're going to really clap in this place. Hey, uh, can we all stand and express our love?